Welcome to another episode of Sober Not Stain. Stain? That's yeah, insane. That's <laughs> I still got the two things not working so good. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sober Not Sane. Subscribe, like, watch. Uh, make your cat watch it on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find me on the internet. Before we start, thank you to Liz from the camera store. She helps out with all the equipment that we're able to use so that we look um, as good as we possibly can. That's what we're <laughs> shooting for. Uh, this week, uh, Stefan Golan, who is from the Spice Merchant. Or sure are you am, the yeah. Spice Merchant? Well, it's debatable, right? They used to call me the Spice Guy, but we'll stick with the Spice Merchant for now. <laughs> Sounds a little classier. <laughs> yeah, a little classier. That dude with the salt. Yeah. That would be a... It's got spice, bro. <laughs> yeah. You gotta... Yeah, what kind of spice do you have? Yeah. Well, there were... I used to sell in BC, and there was a lot of... Hey, man, you got the Hindu Kush spice. <laughs> you know, that would be a perfect cover. It was, yeah. I actually I had a boss one time ask me, why should I be concerned that the people in this town are calling you the spice guy? <laughs> no. Why would you? <laughs> so what as opposed to just bantering back and forth. Yeah. Uh you're my neighbor yeah. at Crossroads Market. Sure, and what a pleasure. Yeah. It, it must I must be a treat to be next door too and uh, yeah, sometimes. Words yeah. of wisdom. Yeah. Lots of or wisdom. vulgarities yeah. coming across. It, the... it gets vulgar, yeah. borderline inappropriate, but, you know. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I w you know what I would say? I'm sorry if I cared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just, you were gone for two months. I sure was, yeah. And, uh, man, where did you go? You went, like, everywhere. Yeah, no, I started, we flew to uh, Amsterdam, uh, you know, Netherlands, because it was a little bit cheaper to fly there right now, just because of all the COVID things. And right. um, from there, we flew to Greece. I spent 16 days in Greece before I went to Georgia, up in the Caucasus Mountains. Went across Georgia, and then eventually we went to Lebanon, because we were actually rejected from Armenia. <laughs> Why were you rejected? Yeah, so the day we arrived, uh, three days before that, without us knowing, uh, Armenia changed their visa policy, and we ended up not getting allowed into the country. Not even a COVID issue. Yeah, not even a COVID issue. More uh, whatever issue they have with Azerbaijan, I think. <laughs> so if uh, you're lost, if you're watching this in Armenia. Yeah, I'll make it there one day. Don't worry, Armenia, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, you'll just but, read uh, up on the policy. And from there? Yeah, yeah, from there we went to Lebanon. And then Lebanon, we eventually made it to Iraq. And that was uh, Iraq. We did almost three weeks. So. Really? And you've been there before. I was in northern Iraq, in Kurdistan. So it's not technically Iraq because it's like its own autonomous region. You don't need an Iraqi visa to go there. It's its own place now. And there is a border that separates them. So uh, Really? Yeah. Well, this was my first time in proper Iraq, up to Baghdad and Mosul and that area. So Okay. Yeah. So now uh, you're also a travel blogger. Yeah. So first... we should, where, where do they see that? Yeah, so my travel blog's called Uncharted Backpacker. You can see it, unchartedbackpacker.com. It's same on Facebook, Instagram. It's all Uncharted Backpacker. Or if you Google my name, you'll find me there too. So <laughs> which, you did you start travel blogging first? No, I was a backpacker, true at heart. I, uh, I moved to Thailand when I was 17 and just loved traveling and fell in love with it. And I didn't actually start the blog until I was about 24. And uh, I had no intentions in being a travel blogger. It was just so, you know, mom could uh, keep up with me. <laughs> yeah. And then now it, I'm assuming it supports you. Uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. It's for the past, uh, I'd say, four years. It's essentially 
not paid, but companies have uh, brought me on and sponsored me to probably over 60 countries just with the travel blog alone. So, wow. and of course I am paid through it a lot, uh, through with my photography and I do a lot of travel writing for different companies. So yeah, in a way it supported me now. And this, how much, uh, you told me this, but I want everyone to know how much spice did you bring home? Yeah, this trip I brought back 104 kilograms now. It was 70 some, but I just brought in another 30, whatever. And so it's a, uh, it's shipped in after. Yeah. Shipped in after. <laughs> it's an afterthought. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> so when you go there, what do you like? Do you go and try the food and yeah. then go, okay, how did you make that? Well, I do a lot of research beforehand and lots right. of times, like lucky we live in Calgary. There's, you know, if you want to go to a Georgian restaurant, I'm sure you can find it here. And so I'll yep. go try the food here and I'll talk to them saying, what should I try? Cause it's the locals know the best, right? And then while I'm in the country, I honestly, I search out people's grandmothers because, you know, they cook the best food. <laughs> always. And they'll always teach me different recipes and tell me what to try. Because uh, even just at restaurants alone, you're not always going to find the food you want to eat. You know, it's been well, altered. I, and I, I wonder, when you go to a restaurant here, okay, yeah. let's say you go to a, from Georgia, you go to a right. restaurant. Are they, are they... Um, Dumbing down the food a bit for yeah, Canada? Are they trying to meet yeah. the palate here? or I think it depends on the cuisine. So, like, I find with a lot of Asian cuisine, they do. So, for example, Thai food. You cannot get authentic Thai food in Calgary. For the most part, it's not spicy enough. And the flavors, like, they use a lot of shrimp paste. And you're not right. going to find that in a lot of the food here because Canadians, they don't like it. So Thai food's difficult. But if you went more, say, African cuisine or Middle Eastern cuisine, I've had a lot of really authentic, uh, like Ethiopian, for example. I've had really authentic Ethiopian food here in Calgary. So, I actually took a friend to an Ethiopian restaurant mm. once because he was a germaphobe. Okay. <laughs> and I knew they were going to bring bread and piles of food. <laughs> and I just reached and he just said, could I have a fork? Yeah. I'm like, there's no forks no, you're here, man. With your hands, that man. bread, tear that bread, that's your fork. Yeah, that's why they bring extra. <laughs> See, and I always think that it's cool to go um, to those restaurants and learn about the culture. Yeah, of course. Well, food is the culture, right? Food brings us together. <laughs> and what if, if you said, okay, I'm going to go out for my favorite meal in Calgary, where would you go? Oh, man. You're asking a difficult question right there. Okay, top, top five different... Genres. In Cal I really like Japanese. So yep. in Calgary, we have some phenomenal Japanese restaurants. Um, thai. I like Thai. Like I just, I'm kind of counteracting that. I, I just said you can't get authentic Thai food. You can get close. You can get some pretty decent right. Thai food here. Indian, Ethiopian, like I said. And then above all, I love Middle Eastern food. Um, hence why I went on this trip back to the Middle East. <laughs> right. So what, what would be... Uh, I don't know that much about Middle Eastern food. Mm. What describe a standard? Well, like kebab is king. You know, meat yeah. on a stick. They call it meat on the stick countries for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, what? But what is, do they make? Every kind of protein on a stick. Essentially, yeah, as long as it's halal, right? But yeah. uh, you you always get dishes with it. They have different kinds of sauces. They're really into salad, especially in Syria and Iraq, that area. They do tabbouleh or bulgur. There's all kinds of salad you can have with the meat. Um, they also use quite a bit of spices, which I like. Obviously, I'm the spice guy, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> I went, You know what? I was on a cruise ship, and we landed in, uh, in India, and 
I went to the uh, spice market. Yeah. And I, I will admit that I loaded an extra. I brought a bag for that part of the oh, trip. Oh, yeah, it's the best spices, right? Yeah. And yeah. it just I just kept going, come on, you can do better than that. And yeah. Everybody <laughs> was into it. They were making fun of me. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't really know. I had to trust them yeah. to tell me what I should be what buying. What you should be getting, yeah. Yes. Well, that's the best you could do, right? Because if you ask them, they're going to tell you honestly. Well, so. it came back a little hot. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> little, little. It always does, yeah. <laughs> and they're, you know, very little. Use very little. Yeah. They're probably scared that you're going to get hurt. <laughs> well, I can't sue them. I'm in Canada. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know who I could sue over that one. No. <laughs> but out of, uh, I mean, because you've been basically, I'm, I've been a lot of places, but yeah. I'm always really impressed by how many places that you've been. Do you have a favorite place? Uh, well, yeah, I, I honestly hate this question. People all the time, oh, how many countries you've been to? I tell them, and they say, what's your favorite? And it depends. Like, it depends what mood I am in, right? Like, right. I love I love so many different parts of the world. But what I love most is I love that feeling of being absolutely culture shocked to the point where I just, I have no idea what the hell's going on. And really? I can, yeah. And I can find that in places that aren't, you know, visited often. So, for example, I, I love Thailand. I, I, I never talk bad about Thailand. But Thailand, I, I can't find that anymore. It's because I, I know that country. I've been to that country. It's quite westernized now. You, you, so you, right. it's still exciting to visit, right? But when I go to a country like Afghanistan or Iraq, yeah, it's mind-blowing because they're not used to tourists. I'm not, I, I have no formalities there. I, have, I can't do proper research while I'm there because nobody's traveling there. So right. I'm really addicted to that feeling, that feeling of being really off the beaten track. And and, yeah. and, and when you go and you get off the beaten track, yeah. is it easy to find someone that you can um, communicate with? It, it can, yeah. It, I, I, I tr- always try to find – because language is an issue, right? right? In a lot of countries, language will be a problem. And, and for example, in the Middle East, in a lot of countries, like, uh, for example, we were in Yemen a couple of years ago. In Yemen, there's almost no English. <laughs> So what I try to do is I try to find someone who can speak English beforehand. And in a lot of these countries, like, for example, Yemen, um, they used to do tour. They had tourism before the wars and before all this has happened. So they do have people that can speak English who used to be tour guides. So I can get in contact with them and say, hey, would you like to let's see what's going on in your country now. Let's see what we can show the world about your country. So that's what I try to do is a little bit of finding people beforehand or lots of times for example in iraq we had friends here in calgary who have family there and right. they set us up with their family who then showed us around and that that's easier <laughs> okay did you get to eat at their house of course we stayed at their house too yeah oh wow how uh, was it it was amazing yeah the my favorite memory is uh our friend ali he brings us to his mom's house and uh his mom was so excited that we were there and she had laid out all this food for us, but we had arrived really late. Like it was like midnight. And uh, she kept trying to feed me and give me this and give me that. At and midnight. Yeah, it was like nonstop. And then finally Ali whispered to me, he said, just say so you want to go to bed or else this won't end. <laughs> <laughs> so She'll feed you as long yeah, as you sit there. As long, you know, as a Canadian, you can't say no. We're so polite. We're like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another quest, question. You'll just hate. What's the yeah. oddest thing? you've ever eaten oh the oddest Mm. i ate um yeah in the amazon i ate a giant amazonian grub 
And right. that was weird. It was super weird because it, it like pops in your mouth and it kind of tastes. Yeah, they kind of barbecue or just throw uh, they, them in the they fire do, They almost. do eat them raw too because you get more protein from when they're raw. Because I, I, I don't know if this is true, but they were saying that it has as much protein as like two eggs or something. So you eat. One you good grub. One good grub, right? And then you get protein for the day. <laughs> It'll be the next craze here, I'm sure. I'll bring grubs from the Amazon and all the uh, gym people will start eating them. <laughs> I, th- I would think it would be great to take uh, your classically f- French-trained chef mm. there yeah. and the food is so basic in yeah. so many of those countries yeah. that they'd be, you know, well, if you put a sauce on that. Well, that's just it. They would just whip it into a sauce and then nobody would know. <laughs> right. I had that feeling a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That you don't want to know. I actually, yeah. I had, we used to go to uh, Mexico every year. Mm. And uh, there was this one place that you buy tacos. Yeah. You know, and like taco guy's gone. Mm. Where's the taco guy? Uh, no more. No more. Why not? Uh, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I've eaten horse for sure. Yeah, yeah. In Europe, but that was a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Killer tacos, though. I mean, nobody if, said dog tastes terrible. Right? If you don't know, <laughs> if you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I talked to my uh, uh, my daughter's boyfriend came with us one time to Costa Rica, and I, yeah. he uh, he said, "What is this special?" I said, oh, "It's beef." Yeah, and uh, it was tongue. Yeah, and lingua, and he's he's like, uh, "Man, that was delicious." Yeah, it was tongue. <laughs> I want to throw up. No, that's not. That's you loved it. Yeah, you said you liked it, so it must yeah, be good. And it was beef. Yeah, it's a part of the cow. Like, yes, it's still beef. It's a better part of the cow than most hot dogs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I always I always wonder what people eat for breakfast in other countries. Yeah, I find it's remarkably similar in a lot of countries. Yeah. Breakfast is always yeah, like other than like like this, you know the typical like fruit and a little bit of protein, eggs. It's always eggs too. Yeah, you know in some way or shape. So I when uh, I I always find well, I am eggs also late in the morning, fresh, yeah. ready to go. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I'm going with that. Yeah, eggs. When when we were in Italy, we we. Uh, most of the places that we stayed had breakfast yeah. included. Yeah. And you would go, they would have this spread of beautiful cheeses mm. and croissants and and hams and all and there there would be and I'm an American by birth, but I apologize. But all of the Americans were like, I just want an omelet. Yeah. <laughs> like you have literally the best this meal. beautiful spread. Yeah. <laughs> and you want an omelet. Yeah. You know, what, why do you think, I, I don't know why Americans are so blocked from eating uh, from other places. Comfort, right? They want that same comfort every time, I guess. <laughs> just not adventurous. No. Not in food. But you know, when I was in Georgia. Military, this, very adventurous. I suppose. But when yes. I was in Georgia this trip, they had uh, for breakfast a thing called kachapuri. And it was like a big piece of bread loaded with three kinds of cheese, but like village cheese. So it had a bit right. of funk. And then they bake it. And it was, like, one of the best breakfasts I've ever had. And sometimes they put this, like, little Venetian, it's called Svenetti salt on it. And it gives it, like, a bit of, a, like, a herbal flavor. It was really Just amazing. adds that. Yeah, but it was just straight cheese in the morning. But so, simple. Yeah, it was simple. And, like, you're not going to shit for weeks, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're traveling, so <laughs> sometimes that's a bonus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes. Yeah. So you were gone two months, month and yeah, a half? Yeah, a little bit over two months. A little yeah. over two months. 
And uh, man, you took your girlfriend. Of course, yeah. Chelsea tagged along. Tagged along. <laughs> you took her with you. We traveled together. Yes. No, we definitely yeah, did. And we need to mention her. She's very nice. Yeah. Uh, she does not seem to me that she would be as adventurous about food as oh, you. Oh, that's where you're wrong. She's really? just as adventurous. I actually, on our Instagram or on her Instagram page, she has a video of her eating that giant Amazonian worm I told you about. And yeah, she didn't hesitate. There's only one time. We were, again, in the Amazon. <clears throat> and... Uh, this guy brought out this, this, I don't know, like weird alcoholic drink. And it had, I have no idea what it was, but it had these giant Amazonian ants in it. And when I say giant, like, like the size of your thumb, they were massive. But, um, when you, when you pick them out, you, you're supposed to eat them. Cause just like, you know, in Mexico, the tequila worm or whatever, they, right. they have an alcohol concentrate in them or something like this. They could have been just screwing with us. I don't know. We ate the ants. Well, I ate the ants. And Chelsea, she is really adventurous. She ate that giant worm, no problem. But then I pulled out the ant and I squeezed its ass a little bit and it squirted. And that was it. She couldn't eat the ant. I don't know. She could not eat this. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the end of that. That was about the only time Chelsea actually said, no, I'm not going to eat that. (laughs) But she drank the... Of course, yeah. She had no issue drinking it. Just something about that ant squirting. (laughs) Was it one? Of, was it like the worm? You get one ant per. No, there was quite a few ants in there, so I uh, I ended up eating almost all the ants. But only in North, like North Americans, would never think of insects as protein. Yeah, no, and in most of the world, they are like you yeah. go any go across Africa, South America, they they eat bugs, and most of the time they taste like, for example, grasshoppers. They eat them like potato chips. They actually kind of taste like potato chips because they fry them in oil and. So, <laughs> yeah, I believe I said no, thank you to the uh, the grasshoppers or oh, yeah. crickets or whatever it was you were yeah. trying to. Yeah, yeah, I was selling the Oaxacan crickets. They're using salsa, and they're really good. One day you're gonna try it. I'm gonna bring you the salsa. And... Someday I'll have a hankering yeah, for that. Yeah, for crickets. Yeah, it'll if be I maybe, maybe you know what to make this better. Crickets. That could be in your tomato sauce. <laughs> Italian crickets. Yeah, I bet you could get them imported. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, although they're very set in their ways about they their food. are. Yeah, you don't change mama's recipes, that's for sure. And then you know what? That's what I found in in Europe. I could really, I could not tell you a bad meal that I had there. No, it's where I just good. went. That's horrible. Yeah. And also, I mean, when I was still drinking in Italy, mm. uh, table wine was better than almost everything oh, you yeah. get here. Yeah, you pay like two euros, and it's pretty much unlimited. It's yeah, good wine. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the food, like I and I'm obviously I have a, a pasta place, mm. but it was just like I learned a lot about yeah. cooking when I was there. Yeah, and then trying to nail that flavor. Yeah, it's impossible though. No, yeah, especially could... if a mom cooks it. Yeah, right? yeah. There's something about the land. It does give the food a certain flavor. You can never yeah. imitate it. Even when I bring it, I bring spices here. It's close, but you'll never exactly get that that flavor you have. So at the time, do you think the travel? <laughs> it it time could or? be. Uh, there's something about it. It's just when I have food over there, it always tastes better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I actually saw uh, um, one of the shows with Giada, mm. and she was cooking in Italy with her aunt. Oh, okay, and uh, I mean she's from a big family, a big yeah, yeah. important family in Italy. And uh, she had brought out dried bo- 
bow tie pasta to okay. put in the dish. Yeah. And her aunt goes, what's that? And she <laughs> said, it's the pasta. She goes, tourists. Yeah, I've never seen this. <laughs> yeah, she would like just the look she gave that dish was yeah. uh, like, yeah, yeah, it's your TV show. Most of them in Italy and like small villages I went to, they're still like rolling the pasta by hand. Yep. Even the, the shapes, they wrap them around things. And it's really every single one is wrapped by hand. And they actually bring it by and yeah. sell it. Yeah. Same in Mexico. Oh, they, yeah. The fresh tortillas. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite when I was there was, was uh, pico de gallo with yeah. little bay shrimp in it. Okay, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I ate that for an entire full dinner, which is technically not really dinner, but... No, but it's good enough. Yeah, and chips, pretty fresh. Yeah, yeah. You can get the blue ones there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you had the flour for that. I yeah, I imported the, the blue masa so I could make... I, I, I'm going to be honest. I just wanted, I wanted blue tortillas. I love the taste of them, and I wanted to cook them at home, but I thought, okay... If I bring in enough to sell, then I'm not going to feel so guilty by paying this money to bring tortillas. <laughs> well, and you know, I've, like, I've studied food a lot yeah. compared to a, a lot of other people. Yeah. And then I'm talking to uh, Guillermo, our neighbor who sells yeah. coffee there, and uh, we're talking about this dish. And I said, find out, tell me what dish you want. Right. From home, and I went and found the ingredients. I have never really found the time to make it for him, but yeah. one of the issues I have, uh, I went to look up the potatoes. There's like three to five hundred oh, yeah. types. That's South America for you. They're obsessed with potatoes. <laughs> every dish has potatoes. Yeah, they, in it. every dish has potatoes, and there's like so many different kinds and colors. I went in a market in Cusco one time, and I asked them how many kinds of potatoes they had. In just that market, they had 180 kinds of potatoes. Just that market. <laughs> now, were were they designated to certain dishes? Um, I, I think there were more. They came from certain regions, from certain villages, and they used them in specific ways. But those recipes weren't getting out. So they would bring them from the villages. And I don't know. I never met. Uh, like, there were certain potatoes that were. Like, there's a sauce, uh, this yellow sauce that they make in Peru. And, yeah, they do make it from a specific potato. But a lot of the, like, my friend was from Cusco. And when we were in the market, I was asking him, what are these potatoes? And he said, I have no idea. They come from I've this. never seen those. Yeah, they come from this village. I know that. So. And they just hide their recipes? I suppose so, yeah. Much. I don't know if you're like this. I, I give out, um, somebody asks for a recipe, I will give them a recipe. Oh, for sure. I, I don't need I, recipes uh, at all. Might not have all the ingredients. No. It. My, I have uh, books that don't have... Uh, amount. Yeah, I, I purposely... I have what goes in it, but not... Yeah, I purposely, like, make sure that there's one of my spices that they can only buy from me in the recipe. That's that's key. Marketing. <laughs> Marketing. It's just really good marketing. <laughs> exactly. And how do you... I mean, I don't know how long you've been in business yeah. with the spices, but... Uh, it just seems like Calgary's becoming way more open to eating. They are, foods. yeah. I started this actually almost twelve years ago now, and okay. sure enough, I actually started in Strathmore, and yeah, it was difficult to get people to try a lot of this food. But I find Calgary, it's becoming a well. It was multicultural then, but now it's a lot more multicultural, and people here are really. It, I, I always blame Thai food. Since Thai yeah. food made it to Canada, people tried, you know, curries and they said, oh, this is actually really good. And Thailand became more mainstream and now they're wanting to explore other cuisines. So you are finding people Opens going, the door. Yeah, exactly. So it's getting a lot better. And yeah. 
Well, I used to take my kids when they were still coming up to visit from the States. Now they're big adults with their own families. Yeah. <laughs> but I would take them down to, uh, I think it was Heritage Days in Princess Island yeah. Park. And I would make them eat something from every country that was there. Yeah. It's good to expose them to it. And right? they would be like, and I mean, they're hardcore. They live in northern Idaho. They're serious yeah. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Trump may still be their president. I haven't Not checked. But Who knows? <laughs> they... It was hard to get them to try something. And then after yeah. one or two booths, they were going, that was really good. What else is here? Okay, cool. And it was all really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And there was uh, uh, the King and I, Ty. Okay. When they were still here, they had a booth there. And I'm standing there watching, and they're selling their stuff. And mm-hmm. mom's in the back making uh, spring rolls. Oh, God. And I said, I, I want... Mom's spring rolls. He goes, no, those. that's our lunch. Yeah. No, I want that. You don't sell those? <laughs> he said if we sold them at our place, they'd be 40 bucks an order. Yeah, yeah. And mom's just shoving all this meat and <laughs> seafoods and all this great stuff. See what I tell you? The moms always make the best stuff. Always. <laughs> I had a, g- a grandmother that was, uh, she made uh, food. She worked at, ran a kitchen in a high school. Oh, okay. In Wilmington, right. California. And uh, she made the ugliest, excellent tasting food. It was, all of it was delicious. Yeah, yeah. But you'd look at it and go, that is not appetizing. Plating, not a high <laughs> They're not point. worried about plating, right? They're just no. worried about filling bellies. <laughs> yeah, and I find that in, in when I'm in other countries, that's it. Yeah, yeah. How does it taste? What's well, that like term peasant food, right? It's always oh, the best food. Yeah. You know, pork belly is a great example. You know, lots of countries, they wouldn't eat that. But, oh, God, it's the best part. I sold barbecue pork belly sandwiches yeah. one time. I had a guy come back and said they were too fatty. Oh, no. Send them away. They're too fatty. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's pork belly. Yeah. What did you think it was going to be? Yeah. Well, you know, you could find it leaner. <laughs> no, it's pork belly, you moron. I'm not sure like, you don't, don't even know why you're so wrong. steroid pig who doesn't have fat or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. right. The roid pig. <laughs> I was asked if I used um, free-range uh, pork right. one time, Yeah, grass-fed, free-range. Yeah, and I course. said, pigs don't eat no. grass. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should read a little. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I took him to the butcher, and I said, let's ask him. Yeah. I said, do you have any of that grass-fed pork? Yeah. What are you, a moron? <laughs> Just started yelling at me. <laughs> yeah, they would. But it's I, I like to go into a shop anytime I'm somewhere and buy something I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, it's kind of like when you go to the Asian market and you see that big weird fruit. You, you, you are curious. You know you want to try it. So you end up going home with this big weird fruit, and then you cut it up, and you end up tasting it, and it's awful. So you got to yeah. go, like, what do it's I do? It's an acquired taste. Yeah, what do what I do with this thing? Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the fun comes, right? Luckily, now we can just Google it. but And find out what exactly, to do. Exactly, right? What is the one that's uh, the biggest, ugliest? Like the stinky one, you mean? Yeah. The Dorian. Dorian. Yeah, yeah, the king of fruits. The king of fruits. <laughs> that's what they call it. By yeah. weight. <laughs> yeah, it's really spiky, too. Like, that thing could be used as a weapon. The smell, oh, yeah. Smell and spike. Yeah. Yeah, the smell is... The I mean, smell's since half terrible, of the yeah. eating is yeah. aroma. The smell is terrible, but it tastes good. Shockingly. It does taste really good, I promise. <laughs> I don't know if I can get past the smell. The I haven't tough, as yeah. of yet. It's like kind of like dirty socks. Yeah, it's it smells really bad. <laughs> Worse than blue cheese because I love blue cheese. Oh, uh, blue cheese smells good now. Now, mm. yeah, it's also acquired, I suppose. 
It's the only thing you ever put on a steak. And I yeah. sell barbecue sauce oh, I and rub. Cheese, yeah. I don't like any, like, make it really, then throw a big chunk of it yeah. or make a butter with it. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of flavor in that. Exactly. I don't mean to knock the spice. I'm just saying. <laughs> everything else you put a lot of spice on. Yeah, exactly. you got to put good spice. <laughs> that, I, I often wonder if you, when you go into these other countries, hmm. are, are they at all curious about north american food well of course they always ask what is canadian food or what is what do you eat there they just assume hamburgers or whatever but and it's always like a i've gotten better at saying the answer because i always go what did i grow up eating because like i don't know we i grew up i'm not the typical canadian we like we my dad hunted and we would eat wild meat and that but i know some canadians do this but yeah canada is not based on this particular we're based on multiculturalism so I try to tell people, like, well, we eat everything because what is a Canadian? You know, there's so many types of Canadians. We're all from somewhere, right? And we're all eating each other's foods and ex- experimenting. Right. Look at Canadian Chinese food. Okay, you bring this to China, they're not going to say that's Chinese food. They're not going <laughs> to eat it. There was a program on, and he's from, like, Nashville. He's Korean. Okay. Yeah. And he went to uh, China. And he said it, the weirdest thing was he found out that not everybody, even in Nashville, got the same menu at a right. Chinese restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> and I discovered that because somebody I was working with was from Vietnam, and she took me for lunch one time. Right. We didn't get menus. Yeah. She just ordered. They made it, brought it out. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's delicious. It's probably delicious, yeah. Oh, yeah. beyond delicious. They're, they're going to give you what's fresh, right? And what's the day. And that's yeah. You're going to get the best food that way. If you order that stuff off the menu, I don't know. <laughs> well, and she would, somebody would say, I, I do the arrabbiata and it's, you know, the spicy sauce. But I yeah. can only make it so spicy here. Yeah, right. And... Uh, uh, somebody asked me, how spicy is the spicy sauce? And she looked over and went, white guy spicy. Yeah, they always say that, right? Yeah. White, white spicy. <laughs> That's the head, yeah, white guy spicy. You can't yeah. even taste it. It's, yeah. I always make the mistake every time I go to a restaurant, like a Thai restaurant, I'll say, I want Thai spicy. I want Vietnamese spicy. And I, I think that I'm, I'm man enough, and I, I soon discover no. No matter how much I've traveled, it, it really kicks my ass sometimes. Oh, she would bring me the subs? <laughs> yeah loaded yeah. with just straight red peppers. Oh, yeah. like And not pickled ones either. They're just nope. like sliced red peppers. There you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you got eat, a surprise coming. I could eat a jalapeno. I could eat this. No. <laughs> yeah, pickled jalapeno. Yeah. Exactly the same. It's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about... Uh, I always wonder that if they they want to know what we eat. They do, yeah, because like it is this weird unknown about North America because it's it, everywhere has their stereotype, right? So, like yeah. I said, they always think like, "Oh, you guys eat lots of steak and hamburgers or something," which there's we no do. denying it. We do, and I always say that, like, "Yeah, okay." When I'm a North American, when I travel, the one thing I do kind of crave is a hamburger here and there. You know, there's no yeah. no point in hiding it. I do. But, uh, yeah, they do. They ask all the time, like, what what do you eat at home, though? And I say, oh, like, eat everything. Like, I'll go out for Indian one night or Vietnamese or – there's no particular right. Canadian. And I, my, I always think that about when my friends come to visit here after I visited them in their countries. I always go, what, where can I take them that's Canadian? 
And it's a tough one. And for Husky me, Husky truck stop. Yeah. Like that's the most Canadian thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always think smoked meat. I, I find yeah, that Montreal is really, yeah, it's a really North American thing. But it's even regional in Canada. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then I mean, you just said Montreal smoked meat. That's Montreal smoked meat, seafood on both coasts. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, and anything that we can shoot in between. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, I'd love to tell my friends like, oh, we'll go out for wild meat. You can eat elk and bison and caribou. But where are you going to get this stuff, right? You actually have to go hunt. And I'm not about to, you know hunt before they show up. No. <laughs> you know what? I've got a, a, a one particular customer that mm. is a hunter. He's, you know, not, he hasn't hunted as much recently. Right. But he would bring me like uh, moose and elk and venison yeah. sausages. And and he he was all about grind it up and make it unbelievably good. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> that is pretty European too, yeah. though. Make it into a sausage. That's European. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know what the dinner you need to go to? I, mm. I went in Drumheller. Yeah. I was performing for them, and it was uh, Drumheller Fishing Game. Okay, yeah. Which in the United States is a government agency that mm. writes you tickets. Right. Because almost every government agency there does. But here, it was a group of people that loved to hunt and fish. Right. And they had a buffet dinner, and all of the hunters and fishermen donated mm. food. Okay, so you had quite cooked. the assortment. Yeah, I uh, mean, there was bear, wild boar, there, uh, you know, elk, uh, moose. Uh, there was salamis they had made. It was just right. like, I went on stage and I said, I have never been this full on stage. You ate the whole rainbow of the oh, animal kingdom. Oh, yeah, Every, <laughs> everything God put on earth for us yeah. to eat. Personal opinion, yeah. Don't, no callers, no writers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, we I have to cover this. Somebody asked me the other day, I watch yeah. your podcast. Why do you slouch? Yeah. Well, I broke my back in 1981. Leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. I'm comfy. Slouch if I want to, man. <laughs> it's, it's our podcast. We'll do what we want. <laughs> exactly. It's really chill. <laughs> it shouldn't be any rules. It was the same thing with the hair. Like, I haven't cut my hair in a long time. Yeah, I noticed that. And yeah. You know what? I, I didn't start cutting my hair until I got on TV and they made me. Okay. So now you're like oh, like a white girl. You're free. You know, yeah, I'm going for the fair faucet. Yeah, exactly. You can yeah. see the curl. <laughs> you can see it in there. The yeah, next thing you're going to join me on one of my trips, you know, sit on the front of the boat with your arms out. Yes, in a one piece. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> no, you don't. Nobody wants that mental picture. Exactly. I apologize to everyone for putting that out there. So other than food, one of the right. th one mm. of the things when uh, it's hilarious to me, we used to, when we went to Mexico, mm. uh, I mean, I grew up in California. I speak hideous Spanglish. Okay. That's why the Portuguese, I'm not getting at all. Yeah, right. It, Portuguese is weird, though. It's a weird one. It's a different language. <laughs> it's sing-songy. It is. It's sing-songy. <laughs> Juan John Augusto, yeah. who runs the show here, he uh, speaks Portuguese because he's from Brazil, hmm. which I didn't know because I was educated in California. <laughs> and, uh, well, they don't tell you. They don't. They speak Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, world history. Yeah. America saved Europe. <laughs> that's our world history. Yeah. You guys came guns And there's blazing. music. Yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. yeah. yeah and it's... Uh, when I go to other countries, I, I want to speak whatever bit of language I can yeah. to try to pick it up. Yeah. And when you go to Mexico, the problem is 
when you speak English, they want to practice their English with you. Yeah. They have no interest in speaking Spanish no. <laughs> to you. And it, uh, we were in Italy one time, mm-hmm. and I had a international phone, and I had to reload the card. Right. And this poor girl spoke next to zero English. Yeah. And between uh, crappy Spanglish and uh, bad English mm. and Italian and what I had picked up since I've been there, we got it done. And it, this is amazing to me. At the end of it, she apologized for not speaking better English. Oh, God. And I said, it's okay. We're in fucking Italy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> That's the, uh, the American. I, right yeah, there. I would be the <laughs> ignorant one on this one. Yeah. <laughs> But but that's worldwide, honestly. Like every country I've been in, I I also yeah I'll try to speak some of the language. But as soon as they find out you're a native English speaker, oh, they love to speak English to you. Because yeah. it's all around the world, people want to know English, right? It's not just Hollywood and that, but it's a, such a global language, so it, it makes it difficult trying to speak. Yeah, but see, here is my theory, and uh, uh, this I shared this that mm. it it would be easier for the rest of the world to learn English than teach five Americans a foreign language. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Even if it's Spanish. Even if it's Spanish. <laughs> which, by the way, Mexico owned California. Yeah. Which There's was, a lot I, of Spanish in that country, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that I, was, I watched KTLA in the mornings, and this morning they were uh, on a... I guess it, you would call it a reserve. Right. And it was one of the original um, tribes of Native North Americans that were living there. And they, right. had, they had taken the land back over mm-hmm. because uh, it was unfortunately acquired by, of course, you yeah. know, white guys. And so they had rebuilt this entire park mm. to exactly what it would have looked like <laughs> in whatever, yeah. you know, and... Uh, it's just so funny watching the the lady that was talking. She said, uh, and now I found out that this area was known as blah, blah, which meant deer forest. And we have seen deer here. So it was very accurate. I just thought, you, have, you don't even know how stupid you look. It's like a museum, right? Yeah, it's a museum. <laughs> Essentially. But by the same token, you know, everybody's crying about Right. The uh, the oil sands up north here. Yeah. And when I was a kid in school, we went to the La Brea tar pits yeah. as school outings. Yeah, it's a big old cycle, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Which you drop a match in that baby, there's no more tours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that'll end quickly. Yeah, maybe a different kind of tourism. <laughs> yeah. I guess you know one of the things I wanted to know because, like like I say, some of the languages everybody says that the Romance languages are very mm. very similar. Yeah, uh, I can't get my head around French at all. I just yeah. zero. I've never tried to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, surprisingly, I grew up in this country. <laughs> we were in Montreal one time, and I could have swore I was ordering uh, chicken stuffed ravioli. Yeah. And uh, she kept going yes, and I kept going yes. And she brought me a, a full chicken stuffed with ravioli. And oh, thought, well. <laughs> now you're just being a bitch. <laughs> you know what you did. You you knew exactly <laughs> what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, or you go there and you can't, you, you have to order a grand yeah, cafe, right. not a grande. Yeah. And they'll look at you like they don't understand what you mean. Yeah. You know, you're, you're at a Starbucks, yeah. goddammit. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's the word. So out of all the languages, 
Did you hit one where you just went, oh, man, never? Um, yeah, like I, I have learned, uh, I've learned quite a bit of certain languages. So like Spanish, I do speak quite well. And then Arabic, I got a grasp on and I really love the language. Then I tried to do Mandarin and Mandarin is extraordinarily difficult. Um, it's I think very, I heard it was the easiest out of them. Mandarin, it was really tonal. So it was really easy to make mistakes. And the, oh. the way the, the language is structured, just it, it made no sense. In the beginning, it's okay. But then the more you go, and then the reading and writing. They have like 50,000-some characters just to read a newspaper. So, yeah, it, it, Mandarin's difficult. <laughs> but yeah. I do love it. So like, if you ever thought you were smarter yeah. <laughs> than the people in China. Exactly, yeah. Not so much. But it's like really yeah, twenty six letters, yeah, and we can't do that without <laughs> <No>. spell check. <laughs> We're still struggling, yeah. but uh, yeah, I really like. Uh, I still today, I'm still trying to learn some Mandarin. It's it's, it's a really fun language. So, but yeah, it, it was an out there one. <laughs> I always thought, and this was my theory of taking the kids around to eat food from every culture that we could, mm. that there would be far less racism if you ate dinner with them. I suppose with every, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even in um, in the south of the U.S., mm. if you ever went for, like, a real down-home southern dinner mm -hmm. yeah. and had, um, had it in a large Baptist black family's yeah. house, you would love them. Yeah, exactly. It breaks barriers, right? Oh. Food brings people together. I'll always say that. And it's, man, you got to be the best cook on the block down there, too. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, honestly, like you go to Texas, you can get better barbecue from a grocery store. Yeah, and that's the thing is like the in Texas, you'll find barbecue places out in the small towns are the most famous. And people oh, yeah. don't really tell you where they are because they don't want you to go there. They don't want you, it to be crowded. But it's so easy to find them because you drive through these towns and you see the lines. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just people lined up at some crappy shack. And, you know, in there, there'll be people who have been smoking meat for... 40 odd years <laughs> yeah it's really amazing yeah and they have come up with amazing ways to make that much yeah. smoked meat yeah it's incredible <laughs> yeah it's just it looks like uh kilns yeah it's always some like old grandma back there too right <laughs> yeah yeah there's a place in austin called stubbs barbecue yeah He's selling sauce stubbs, now yeah. everywhere yeah but uh i went with a guy that was a local comedian he, it was sunday night so it was jam night yeah and we go in there, and uh, literally, his pit is as big as three of these tables. Yeah. And he had mops. Yeah, for the in, whole hog, right? In garbage cans, <laughs> like actual floor mops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the garbage cans were full of mop and sauce. Yeah, amazing. And I got to go in the back and cook. It was like the best thing ever. Yeah, that would be incredible. And, and the food was just... You know, it always seems dry here. and I It mean, does. There's yeah. a knack to making it really, really good. Yeah. And it's getting better, though. Like, you're starting yep. to see more smokehouses open up here, and you get a good brisket now. <laughs> yeah, you got to get it just right, though. It is, yeah. Brisket's it's not juicy. Yeah. I'll just sit and eat burnt ends all yeah. day. Yeah. I, that's <laughs> that's the thing for me. Yeah. I don't want any bread. I don't want any, like, don't give me I any. like the cornbread. I'm a big fan. I like the cornbread, too, but you can uh, have cornbread at another time. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's like going to a Brazilian meat place. Yeah. You know, you got a salad. I went with sometime with a guy, and he got a salad. Like, 
No, what What's are you wrong doing with here? You? <laughs> get out well, of you here. You got a salad? Is <laughs> a Brazilian meat? Like, yeah. No, you don't get it. They're going to bring all the meat you ever want. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll be sweating for 20 hours. Yeah. Brazilian barbecue is funny, though. I, when I was in Rio the one time, they brought me, like, incredible meat. And I was really enjoying it. And then they brought me these little skewers of chicken hearts. And I was like, what's this? And they went nuts for it. Everyone was telling me, oh, this is the best part of the barbecue. And I tried them, and yeah, they were absolutely phenomenal. But I just thought it was so weird because they had so much delicious big pieces of meat and then little chicken hearts. Oh, I mean, my my mom was from Texas, yeah, and she made chicken hearts, gizzards, yeah, yeah. And you, I don't even know if you can buy them anymore. I oddly enough, I found uh, in Sobeys a section where they sell chicken hearts, and since I went to Brazil. I started doing like Japanese style yakitori chicken hearts. Ooh, yeah, it's really good. I just I put like a little base on them and then cook them over wood, and <laughs> so yeah, they're good. They're really really good, and the chicken doesn't know it. No, doesn't have to. Not a clue. <laughs> I wonder if people just think that that's the life of the chicken that you're. I hope so. Yeah. The you, neck. You took the life at the neck. Yeah, yeah. You got to eat their heart, like in kind of Indiana Jones kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> chicken hearts. Golly, ma. <laughs> chicken feet. I'm not big on the chicken feet. It's a little uh, gelatinous. It, it, yeah, like you can, it tastes all right, but you're not getting a lot of meat out of them. That's my big thing. No. I had one time in, in China, I was yeah. on a bus, and this guy beside me he asked if he could sit with me, and sure, you know, come sit with me. And he pulled chicken feet out in a plastic bag, but like, I mean, like it's like sealed, and he bought it at like a gas station or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the color of the chicken's foot was, like, really scary, like, so pale. Anyway, he opens up the chicken foot, and he's eating it, and then he offered me some of his ch- chicken foot. So I, I said no. But anyways, he then took the chicken foot in his mouth. It's bit, the eating. Yeah, he bit the toenail off and then went and spit it on the floor in front of me. It was, it was needless to say, a little terrifying. But I did then try the the gas station chicken foot afterwards and... I'm going to be honest, it wasn't great, but the experience was the best part. And and at the very least, made a good story for here. (laughs) Exactly, right? It came for something. (laughs) You would would think that, um, let's say somebody came from Germany Mm. and went and bought hot dogs at a grocery store here, they would be disgusted. Well, probably, yeah. You would think. You would think, but I don't know, maybe they have hot dogs in Germany, good ones. (laughs) The Frankfurters that are totally yeah. <laughs> different. Exactly. That big snap when you bite into them. Yeah. They're amazing. I love hot dogs. Yeah, it's one of the things I do miss while I'm traveling. But, you know, there's a lot of countries that are famous for hot dogs. You would never guess. So, like, Iceland. Iceland really? is renowned for hot dogs. And it, I don't know. It, they're not, like, phenomenal or anything, but... When you're there, they're the best damn hot dog you've ever had. And they put these these weird things called crunions in them, which is essentially just a fried onion. But then they put this curry sauce. And it, I, I had no idea how this happened, how Iceland became known. How did they get curry sauce? Uh, it, That's but, an oddity. But just how did they get hot dogs? Like, it's an island of just fish. Everything's dried fish, right? Herring, cod. And like, yeah. But then also, no, they're, they're well known for their hot dogs. So I watched a cooking show from there. And they're out in what looks like tundra. Yeah. And they're picking these berries, and they're getting like three from every bush. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you're going to starve to death. Yeah, exactly. And uh, 
I'm sure you can go to a store and buy buy and buy the bag. Nowadays, but. yeah, it, it's a weird country. Like they, some people still like cook bread underground in this like volcanic mud. It's not mud, but like dirt. And they actually cook bread this way still. Not everywhere, Is obviously. It in something or. Th- yeah, it's like in a little like underground oven sort per like se. Like a clay. Yeah, but the bread's really dense. And then they also, this country, they hang Greenlandic sharks. Because if you eat a Greenlandic shark, it's poisonous, right? But if you hang it for like, I think it's like 18 months or something in this shed, it then becomes edible. You can eat this thing. And it, the the smell, it, it's god-awful. It's called like Hakarl. And they, they put this rotten shark with a drink called Black Death. It, it just gets, yeah, it just gets weirder, right? And so, so at the autopsy, could have been either one. Yeah, you don't know what it is. Either one of them got him. I did try this, and yeah, it, it, it was not great. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so in a, in a weird way, part my first thought was about the food, of course, because mm. we do like to talk about food. But right. um, the uh, how are the... Like, compared to what we're doing here, how were the COVID restrictions in the other countries? Yeah, surprisingly enough, uh, Canada by far has the strictest COVID restrictions. Uh, when we left Canada, there's not a lot of restrictions going on. And even in Europe, um, the most we saw is uh, when we were in Greece at one point, uh, we were going in the National Museum and they asked to see uh, proof of vaccination. And that was kind of it. Every once in a while, you'd get a shop owner who would say, hey, could you put your mask on? And then when you get to the Middle East, it completely disappears. There's none of that. But uh, And a few countries ask for PCR tests on arrival. Or, for example, in Lebanon, you had to do a PCR test in the airport, but it was free of charge. So, Well, you know what I've been at, I'm wondering about that? i got a, a friend from the building I live in. He's going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they just gave him a list of places he could get tested. And I yeah. thought, you know, if you're a smart resort. You just make it inclusive. Yeah, and I think lots of them probably are now because when I was traveling, a lot of hotels were offer- offering PCR tests, and they were actually, like, not expensive. So there's this rumor going around that, oh, if you decide to travel right now, get ready to pay hundreds of dollars into PCR tests. That's not the case. Well, right now, only between the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, exactly. And you got to pay to come back, not to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, coming home. I had to get a PCR test, even though I'm vaccinated. So that was a little strange. And they but. give a big range. Like, it'll cost you between 100 and $300. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, mine was $20. <laughs> really? Yeah, I got my uh, PCR test in Istanbul to come home. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you th- is it uh, like a covered thing for their their no, healthcare. no most countries it was uh like you could see depending on which lab you go to and you do have to go to specific ones if you're going to travel internationally you got to make sure you get this like qr code right but um most of the uh, pcr tests range from twenty dollars to a hundred dollars depending on where you go so there was uh like obviously in amsterdam there wasn't a lot of cheap options but i did see one i think for maybe 80 euros so but that's why we chose to get ours in istanbul it, it was cheaper so, you know what you should do? You should write uh, how to travel cheaper. Oh, yeah. If you go on my blog, you'll see that. <laughs> a lot of that. A lot of that. Yeah, because basically my, my whole life before I was a travel blogger was how to be a cheap-ass broke backpacker. So <laughs> like Without the college education. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or trying to avoid it. Yeah. 
Do you have a college education? I don't. No. Uh, after high school, I yes, I moved to Thailand. I was teaching scuba diving, so I right. have a, a formal education in scuba diving. And then um, after that, I came home, uh, worked, traveled, worked, traveled, and then I eventually got a job as an ESL teacher in Libya, and I taught English in yeah North Africa, and that didn't last too long because Libya is a little bit of a war zone, so. A bit of an issue there. A bit of an issue. I did last eight months there, so it was long enough. Um, but then after that, yeah, I just I was doing the spices part-time. Uh, every time I'd come back to Canada, I'd bring new spices, and it would help fund some of my travels. And then uh, yeah, I opened up this shop here at Crossroads Market, and now I'm your neighbor, so. <laughs> You're stuck. Stuck forever. Stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> you were even away when I, I wasn't open. Yeah, exactly. You missed that. I did miss the whole Jeb being. I heard about it though. It was the celebrity in the market was gone. So. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was the. I've had more fun. Yeah. In my life. And the medical system is great here. I yeah. would never knock it. Yeah, exactly. Right. You got that all for free. So. <laughs> you know, I thought about. I almost put something on on my Facebook today mm. because somebody when it started out about carbon taxes and right. had the most carbon going out there yeah. and you know i'll start something and then i'll get tired of playing with people and just yeah. get off of it and uh, some guy went from there to his anti-masking right thing to go with the carbon tax i don't know how he, he got it's through. the facebook hole everybody it just spirals and takes you all over the place <laughs> yeah and you know one guy you know if we don't watch out, we're going to be a socialist country. <laughs> I got some bad news for you, cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to write on there, what, what social program would you be willing to give up yeah, yeah. to make Canada less socialist? Yeah. Medical? Yeah. Would you give up your Would medical? you give up the medicine? Yeah. <laughs> why not? Why wouldn't you give that up? Yeah. You know, I helping feed people, would you give that one up? Shocker. <laughs> Education? Yeah. And really, compared to some... Uh, countries in Europe, mm. we're not even close to being socialists. No, yeah, you compare us to Scandinavia, not quite, but we're somewhere in between. And what do you work eight days a year in Scandinavia? Yeah, yeah you must. And a free, <laughs> free education, eight yeah. days a year, and not in a row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No post secondary for free. Yeah. No, surprisingly enough, um, I actually did a, uh, a radio host in Iraq when I was in Baghdad. And uh, when I was on the air with a, there was a young girl, a college girl there, and we were talking about education and uh, the benefits of education within Canada. And she said to me, oh, I think education in, in Canada is better, right? I said, do you mean post-secondary? Yeah. She said, post-secondary. And I said, well, in, in a lot of ways it isn't. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, it, it's not free. We, we have to pay for it. And it's grossly expensive in this country. Yeah. And I said, is education free in Iraq? North America in general. But yeah. In and Iraq? I said, is it free in Iraq? She said, yeah, it is free in Iraq. I, I have a degree and it was free. And I said, well, there you go. I guess Iraq's not so bad. And she said, well, I, I can't take this, though. I can't leave this country with this education. And I actually got mad at her on the air. I said, why, why is it all about leaving your country? Don't you want to help your country? Especially a country like Iraq. I, I felt like it was quite offensive to hear that. And yeah, yeah. anyways. How so, do I get out of here? Yeah. It just but no matter, where you, no matter where you get your education, let's, I mean, if you become a doctor. Right. I mean, I had a doctor that was trained in South Africa, and then he moved to um, 
uh, the UK, right. and he had to requalify in the UK. Yeah. And then when he came here, th- I found it mm. odd he had to requalify here. Yeah, from the UK. From the UK, you would have thought that would have. Yeah, I thought we would have some agreement with them by now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they haven't gotten over it. No, must be Brexit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I got a first ex-wife that's not over it yet yeah. either. <laughs> exactly. So, and you know what? I can say that because I'm pretty sure she's not watching. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe tonight she is. She might, and then yeah. she'll, she'll just go, told you. Yeah, told you so. <laughs> I've been telling you for 30 years he was a dick. Yeah. There it is. Now, did you record that? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's on the internet. No, did you record it, though? Yeah. I'm not saying nothing, but she lives in Idaho, too. Okay. I graduated high school there. Okay, yeah. yeah. You were saying was a Sandpoint or? No, Coeur d'Alene. Or Coeur d'Alene, yeah, yeah. Okay. I used to Which... live kind of nearby. Yeah, Creston. What? Creston, yeah. Creston, BC. Yeah, I lived in Creston, BC for six years. <laughs> oh, I know a guy from Creston that used to be in the import export business. Okay. Yeah, I used to drive to Coeur d'Alene. made it legal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's and, this uh, kind. They're all everybody's growing dope in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I used to drive to Coeur d'Alene all the time. I'd go to the Walmart there, see all the camouflage. Lots of camouflage. <laughs> you know, I I was in a winners. Yeah. In Coeur d'Alene, and there was a guy carrying yeah. a pistol on his hip. And I said, Oh, is this an open carry state? And he goes, Yeah, what of it? And I said, just curious, not Just trying curious. to start a fight, buddy. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's an open carry state. I said, oh. I said, uh, can I ask you why you're carrying a handgun? Yeah. He said, one day I'm going to be out here and somebody's going to rob a place like this and I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and I said, you know, the actual fact is that most people that own handguns are killed by their own handguns. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah. Uh, the difference is the other guy is willing to kill you. Yeah. You just think you're willing to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> but it would take big giant cojones. But that guy might it's just... part of my Spanish. Big giant cojones <laughs> to uh, uh, shoot a stranger. Yeah. Well, and that stranger, he might just walk into the Walmart and buy like the AK-47 that's in there. So I don't know how good your handgun will do then because this is America, right? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got six shots. Yeah. I'll be over here. When I quit here and the pop, 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 I'll yeah, be with exactly. you. <laughs> it was terrifying, though. As a Canadian, I would drive across the border and we'd go to the hunting shops, of course, just because we wanted to see it. Yeah. And, yeah, we were seeing guns that we, you know, use in video games. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most Canadian thing you've said yeah, so far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, like, real. Yeah, it's funny because because uh, well, obviously I travel a lot, but a lot of people say, "Oh, like Iraq." When you were in Iraq, was, was it pretty scary? And I'm like, "Have you been to the states? Everyone carries oh, a gun yeah. there." Yeah, <laughs> like so. Yeah, that's that's one for me. <laughs> well, yeah, in Iraq, they're walking around holding them in the open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one, no one's carrying guns in Iraq. Honestly, yeah, it's like, uh, it's really good. But in the States, you do see it. You see it all the time, right? Yep. So what I have been to countries, obviously, where they do carry guns. Like when I was in Libya, uh, it's second nature. Everybody has a gun there. So everybody's carrying one. To what end? I mean, are they worried about getting robbed? Are they? Uh, well, Libya was a special situation. So after uh, Gaddafi, their dictator, after he died, 
Um, NATO killed them. Well, I guess their people would have. But anyways, after that happened, the country didn't have any formal government. And while I was there, there were multiple people claiming to be the president of Libya. So you didn't have any rule. And with that, you don't really have any police. You just have local kind of gangs controlling each area and protecting the area, which... Oh, it's like L.A. Like, it's like L.A., yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. Yeah. And w- would you call L.A. safe? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> no. I. You know what? I think I was blissfully unaware of how dangerous it was. Right, yeah. And in America in total until I moved to Canada. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I still have guns. I mean, they're not with me they're right, yeah. they're with my kids now mm-hmm. and they're they're heirlooms yeah <laughs> and uh um i just i never thought about it i actually i had a canadian comic with me one time and i went to my dad's house and he had bought a new handgun oh, okay and he's showing it to me i'm looking at it without thinking i mean you know you get the gun you make sure it's empty mm-hmm. without thinking about it i handed it to this canadian comic and he's standing there like this what is this holding it <laughs> And he, I go, are you okay? And he goes, it's really heavy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's made out of metal. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And I said, can I have that back? Because I just thought, you're. he was petrified to hold it. Yeah, yeah. And, it's alien to us. It really is. But in America, I don't I don't think I knew anybody that didn't own a gun or knew had, how to shoot certainly it, yeah. had never, everyone had held one. Yeah. Well, like Chelsea, when, when she was traveling with me a couple trips ago, she got to shoot her first gun, and it was in Yemen, and she fired an AK-47. And I How have big their, a smile. Yeah, I have this, this really funny photo of her. Of, uh, there's a Yemeni guy in all camouflage, and he's plugging her ears as she holds the gun and is firing the gun. With her eyes closed? <laughs> Pretty much it. Pretty much, yeah. No, <laughs> she got to watch. The first time she fired it, she watched the casing go down. <laughs> She's like, what is that? <laughs> My apologies, totally, yeah. on this one, Chelsea. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got to kind of keep your, this is how people get hurt. You got to keep yeah. your eye on Keep an eye on it, yeah, especially with that one. <laughs> the guy at the gun range that can't talk to you without pointing and yeah, facing turning the gun. gun. <laughs> yeah. They are pretty dangerous. Yeah, they're incredibly dangerous, right? It always amazes me that... that um, Everybody, well, you, it's my right to own mm. a weapon. Yes, it is. But you don't have to own a weapon that can shoot 60 right. rounds in a minute. No, exactly. And, like, don't get me wrong. That's I, not a hunting weapon. They're, at that point, what are you hunting? You're, not, you're only allowed to kill one deer at a time. You're as much as a hunter as the predator is at that point. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and you know what? If you unload a clip on a deer, you, you have no dinner. No, it's, I don't even know if it's sport then. The deer didn't even have a chance at that point. They really, they kind of do and kind of don't anyway yeah. when you're hunting because, you know, you're in a blind and you're this is true. knocking antlers together to call <laughs> them in thinking, well, if I beat this guy, I'm getting laid. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on their way thinking they got this rich reward and we're sending yeah. them off to 72 virgins. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. Like I like guns. I like shooting guns. You know, as a Canadian, yep. I didn't have all these like machine guns and that. So when I travel, I love shooting guns. I just don't want guns in the hands of other people. <laughs> well, I think we have to be a little more careful about who gets them. Exactly. I just. But want the them. problem is, the people that you don't want to have them aren't getting them legally. No, of course not. That's where everybody misses the point. That yeah, yeah. 
this is just it's a giant underground even in the u.s yeah it's all underground because they don't want to be traced i suppose yeah you scratch the serial code off and yeah. yeah, you actually have to scratch it, then use acid mm-hmm. on it because it goes pretty deep. Then. Yeah. See, now that's the most American thing you've said. <laughs> How to make a gun how to illegal. Fix a gun, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know how to remove the plug to get five shots into a regular shotgun, too. Yeah. Well, because when you're hunting birds, sometimes. Oh, birds, of course, yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could shoot. I could shoot a person if they came in my house and endangered my family. Okay. Other yeah. than that. But, like, my mom says that, too. Everybody says that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think I could do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I've shot guns enough, and so have you, right? Yeah, like, you would yeah, know yeah. what to do. Yeah, no, I've shot a lot of guns And now. it's a motor reaction. Yeah. But, yeah, not. I won't shoot them 60 times. No. <laughs> yeah. That's like, you know, you remember the old days that it got in a fight? At a bar. Mm-hmm. And once you were down on the ground and pretty well knocked out, the fight was over. Yeah. Yeah, not anymore. No, these days it's a lot more sketchy. Kind of gets geared up then. Yeah. A lot more goes on afterwards. Yeah, that's that was my dad saying. Yeah. <laughs> Get the other guy on the ground. That's when the fight starts for you. You're yeah. a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get him on the ground? Doesn't matter. Get him on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's... America is a weird place. I, I don't. Mm. I often think that Canada really isn't appreciated for all that it is. Right. Yeah. And I love that everybody hates Trudeau. But if you think Trudeau's actually running the country, yeah, you're out exactly. of your mind. <laughs> They're not. You know, the There's powers. There's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, right? <laughs> the powers to be are not turning it over to a, you know, substitute drama teacher that wore blackface. <laughs> like, how how could you be even at that time? Yeah. He should have known enough about politics that it would soil his family name well, to do that. His dad was a politician, so yeah. Yeah, I heard that. It <laughs> yeah. was before I got here. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I actually got asked to run for mayor. Okay, here and, in Calgary? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, they're not going to move me to another town. Well, I don't know. Maybe in the state somewhere? <laughs> no, nobody wants me down there either. <laughs> we were stuck with you. <laughs> but I literally told him, I said, as soon as you vet me, you, I will be unelectable. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to somebody about it this week, and she goes, everybody in town knows about your history, okay? Yeah. It's no secret, buddy. Yeah. And uh, there was a reason Ralph Klein was in power for that long I think you'd make a great mayor, though. I'd be, you know what, I don't think I'm, I think I might have been at one point in my life smart enough. I might have killed some of that off. But uh, I don't think I'm qualified. But the problem is nobody that ends up as mayor is qualified. But if our prime minister was a drama teacher, then how are you not qualified? You know what, here's what I think about Trudeau. I don't care if he was a drama teacher, Mm -hmm. but when he does his press conference, be more dramatic. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? The COVID violence. Yeah. It's killing us all. Like, really? Make us believe it, please. Yeah, live it. Live it. Own it. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to make If you're this, out there, Trudeau, own it. Yeah, don't be out there going, shots would be a good idea. Yeah. What well, would be, I think, I'm thinking shots from what they tell, shots, right? Shots? Yeah, yeah. shots. They're telling me shots. <laughs> 
I love the people that are petrified of the shot. I oh, just, yeah, yeah. As if they haven't had a vaccine. <laughs> is that going on in other countries when you travel? Are people no, afraid to get it? Honestly, uh, like, okay, the the anti-vaxxer thing. This is happening in other countries. In every right. country I travel to, uh, there was a conversation to be had about it. There, that there was a percentage of the population that didn't want to get vaccinated. But in general, when we were traveling... Uh, People were so far past COVID already that they just didn't talk about it. Not like here, we're in Canada. People still are really talking about it. So it was kind of a nice break, to be honest. <laughs> Isn't that sad, though? But I, what were the percentages? I know it was really funny because I am a really logical person. Mm. And uh, somebody was talking about Italy. And they they said, you know, all these countries like Italy, I'm sure Brazil is the same. And mm-hmm. a lot of the countries you went to. They're saying there's so many people are dying of this. Mm. And you know what? Because they're old people aren't in old folks' homes. Right, yeah. They're at home. Yeah. Well, and there's simple things like like air quality is an issue in a lot of countries. And yeah. when you get like pollution plus you have COVID, yeah, it, there's, you're going to have a lot more people dying, right? Bigger issues. Yeah. Yeah, actually, India, when I was in India, it was like, wow. I grew up in Southern California. Mm-hmm. We We had pollution, but... Not like India, no. This is stunning. Yeah. But I had, uh, when, when I was in Baghdad, I remember I asked my friend Ali, I said, uh, like on this topic, I said, why, why aren't you guys talking more about COVID? Like in, in Canada, that's, that seems to be the, you turn on the TV and it's just COVID, COVID, COVID. And he looked at me and he went, this is Iraq. We have bigger problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it, like, it gives you a perspective. Right? Exactly, yeah. I think we just have nothing to worry about, so this is why our media is just covering compared, it. Well, compared to worldwide. Exactly, right? There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, so... <laughs> yeah, but we've almost stopped caring about what's going on in oh, other 100%. countries. hundred percent. There's like a bubble now, and... And when I tell people in the past, before COVID, I would say, oh, hey, I just came back from Afghanistan. People would be shocked. Oh, really? What did you see there? How was it? You know, this time when I've come back, I say, oh, I went to Iraq. Oh, okay. So have you got the third vaccine? (laughs) People, they're just trapped in this this bubble. And I've really noticed that people, they're so caught up in it and with the politics and all that goes along with it. So... I don't, you know what, I have my, my doubts as to how interested pharmaceutical companies are <laughs> yeah. about us not being afraid. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I'm triple vaxxed, but, yeah. you know, I'm also 63 and, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I had it once and since then my lungs haven't worked as well. Although, mm-hmm. you know, I found 16 days on a wicked regime of antibiotics for my Mm-hmm. little jaw issue yeah, really exactly. like my lungs seem to be working better yeah, cleared it up right <laughs> cleared it right up you're missing the bonus of oral surgery <laughs> yeah, exactly and not been looking like you've had a stroke that's yeah. it <laughs> always turned to one side but you know what if if people are out there and and i think we'll kind of close with this but if people are out there and they're afraid to travel, I know a lot of people are petrified. They are, yeah. I know people that are still afraid to go to the grocery right. store here. What would you tell people about going to other countries? Yeah, get out there. Go. You know, right right now it's 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 kind of an important time to start traveling. Uh, like, ask me a year ago. No, I wouldn't have said this. But now um, most of the world and a lot of the world is either vaccinated or 
they need they need this they need travel okay our economies are really hurting especially in a, a lot of countries like the ones we went to this trip when we were in Greece when we went to Georgia Turkey Iraq a lot of the economy is based off of tourism and they're ready for you to come they've set up measures to make sure safety is first and and you know what we can't keep living like this we can't keep living in this bubble where we don't travel you know right so i would really strongly encourage regardless of your situation to if you're able to travel start get out there start planning make a trip even if it's just a easy trip you know go to vancouver do something and then make that a stepping stone to getting back out there cuz even for me for someone who does travel for a living it was really weird getting back on a plane you know almost after a year and a half of not flying and it, there's a lot of new things to it and they do try to kind of scare you with the oh you're going to have to get all these PCR tests and they they I was nervous about it and even me myself I was thinking I I don't want to go through all that I am so happy I did and I'm planning my next trip already and it was so great to see in these countries them saying welcome back so I would yeah 100% I would encourage out there if you're listening <laughs> go out yes, there and travel watching <laughs> and uh on your on let's mention where they can find you on the internet again. Yeah, again it's Uncharted Backpacker. So it's unchartedbackpacker.com if you want the website. If you want to reach out to me if you want travel tips at all, and especially in this time of COVID, yeah, please feel reach out on me on Instagram, which is Uncharted Backpacker, or you can Google my name, Stefan Gollin. Or Facebook, uh, if you're still using that. <laughs> Not TikTok though. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no TikTok. No on TikTok. There. <laughs> and you know what? It occurred to me. I, I, you know, we're on Facebook and Instagram at yeah. sober.com, and subscribe, like, watch YouTube, listen to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But if you're watching this right now, you, you already know that. Yeah. This is information for the others. So tell a friend. Yeah. And uh, once again, thanks to Liz from the camera store for helping us out with the equipment. Love the camera store. Love the camera. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure. You guys sure. want to hook me up, please. <laughs> it's not me. You got to talk to the yeah. man back there. The Brazilian connection. The Brazilian of... connection. We'll have a discussion after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.